0: This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer.
1: Hey everyone, this is Jason Miller, author of Welcome to the Funnel, and you're listening to the Marketing Book Podcast. Welcome to the Marketing Book Podcast
0: helping you keep up with the smartest thinking in the quickly changing field of modern marketing. And now, here's your host, Douglas Burdett. Hello, thanks for joining me on the Marketing Book Podcast. My goal in this podcast is to help you discover new ideas about what's working in modern marketing. Don't worry about taking notes. You can find links to everything discussed in the show notes at marketingbookpodcast.com. Today, I'm joined by Jason Miller, and we're going to talk about his book, Welcome to the Funnel. Proven Tactics to Turn Your Social Media and Content Marketing Up to 11. Jason Miller leads global content and social initiatives for LinkedIn marketing solutions, helping marketers understand how to use LinkedIn to achieve their marketing goals. Previously, he was the Senior Manager of Social Media Strategy at Marketo and was responsible for leading the company's content and social media efforts. Before entering the B2B world, he spent 10 years at Sony developing and executing marketing campaigns around the biggest names in music. And when he is not being an award-winning marketing rock star, he is winning awards as a concert photographer, singing 80s metal karaoke, and winning at Seinfeld Trivia. Not that there's anything wrong with that. (laughs) Jason is also a frequent contributor to... Content Marketing Institute, Social Media Examiner, Marketing Profs, Copy Blogger, all the big ones. And he has presented at numerous industry conferences. Jason, congratulations on Welcome to the Funnel, and welcome to the Marketing Book Podcast.
1: Doug, thank you for having me on. That's quite an intro, um, but uh, I'm a big fan, so thanks for having
0: me on. Well, it's well-deserved, and uh, I should also uh, mention that you are uh, a host of a new podcast, uh, which I've listened to. and uh, could you? Just uh, the sophisticated marketer. And uh, we're going to have links to all that at the end, but it's, uh, it's, it's definitely worth a, a, a listen and a subscription and a rating and a review, and it's, it's on my listen list now. I just listened to an interview you did with um, your old boss. Um, John Miller. John Miller, yeah. Yeah, no
1: relation. No relation. He'll no be relation, but
0: it was good. <laughs> I mean, I really, really liked it. So just to let you know, Jason, to prepare for this interview – I, I watched, again, this is Spinal Tap, and all this morning I watched uh, several times the Welcome to the Jungle video by Guns N' Roses. So I am—
1: That, that is awesome. Yeah, you know, uh, Spinal Tap, this is Spinal Tap, uh, an all-time classic. It's, it's sort of like that movie that's on—if it's on television on a Saturday afternoon— I'm not getting anything done, right? It's, it's, it's well, it's, uh, this is Spinal Tap and then Armageddon to, uh, Guilty Pleasures. <laughs> right,
0: right, right. So can you explain the title of the book and, uh, the reference we're making to Spinal Tap and the uh, Guns and Roses and then explain how it is inextricably connected to your background?
1: Sure. So, uh, I have a background for the music industry. I've always, always been a big fan of heavy metal. Kind of got me, uh, through my teenage years of, uh, growing up in the Midwest. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> What, what the, the, the book title, Welcome to the Funnel, is, it's all about top-of-funnel content, right? And I think that a lot of folks forget – they spend too much time focusing on the middle of funnel or bottom of funnel with case studies and whatnot. And they forget about the very valuable top-of-funnel where the opportunity for marketers to connect, to uh, uh, inform, educate, inspire, and sometimes entertain. When, I, when somebody told me you can create entertaining content at the top of the funnel – uh, I thought this is my calling. I can do this. I'm supposed to be an entertainer. I'm like I'm like a heavy metal guy trapped in a B2B marketer's body. Um, but the top of the funnel uh, gives us the flexibility to you know let your personality shine and and you know kind of draw these these prospects and customers in.
0: So you describe the book as quote everything I have learned over the past four to five years pulled together with my passion. For Rock and Roll. And uh, it's a great, great content marketing book. And the foreword is written by one of the uh, co-authors of one of the greatest content marketing books, Anne Hanley, who is a co-author of The Content Rules, uh, as well as Everybody Writes. And she's been a, a past guest on the show. And uh, being a faithful rock and roll person, you've split this book into two sections or uh, two sides like a record album and for those younger people out there uh, there was a time when there was a thin 12-inch disc made of vinyl and you would put it on this little machine and drop a little needle on there and it, it, would, it would play music but uh, so what, <laughs> what you had on uh, side one is all about content uh-huh. uh, and it's super concentrated and I loved it and I mean it's as if I were uh, reading it, I was holding up my lighter through parts and, and screaming. <laughs> and again, for the younger people, you hold up your iPhones now, but there was a time when we would hold up lighters to uh, you know show our uh, engagement with the uh, performer. Then the second section is all about social and how content works so beautifully with social. So there are so many things I want to talk to you about. One of them is where you say being a one-dimensional marketer is simply not a good way to get ahead in the B2B world. So what is that? And what is it when you talk about a hybrid or a renaissance marketer? I think this is a big issue for a lot of listeners and marketers at large.
1: Yeah. You know, it's interesting. It goes back to my days at uh, Marketo. And I had to transition from the music industry, you know, being a B2C marketer, into the world of tech marketing. So it was a different world for me. Um, But working at a place like Maria Pergolino hired me at Marketo. And she took a chance on me, and I felt like I had to hustle, like I had to figure out this B2B space. So uh, what I learned very quickly, and it's, it's funny, actually. She came up to me at my desk and one day, and she said, you know what, you better figure out how to use Marketo in case this social thing doesn't work out. <laughs> and it started to make me think, like, oh my god, what if this social thing doesn't work out? I mean, that's, you know, it, it's, it's, I think social is alive and well and, and essential to, to any marketing strategy now, especially in, in, in both B2B and B2C. But it made me think for a second... I, I can't put all my eggs in one basket. So, uh, the way we organized the marketing team there was we all sat together on this open floor. I recommend everybody get some startup experience. It will accelerate your marketing knowledge very, very quickly, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so, I worked very closely with Demand Gen and, and, and SEO and uh, uh, the PR department and uh, the community folks. So, what I figured out was I didn't have to necessarily be an expert in any one thing, but the more I understood about how all these things came together, uh, i I would become a much more effective marketer and and you know marketo at two years of marketo, I learned more at two years of marketo than I did my entire my entire life, my entire decade long career at sony um, and it prepared me for where I got to today, and I still believe in that philosophy i'm still constantly learning uh, the hybrid marketer is this new breed of marketer, the Renaissance marketer, if you will that that again does not you can't be an expert in only one thing anymore because you're easily disposable. But if you can understand how multiple disciplines play together, then you're going to be a much more effective leader.
0: Mm-hmm. And in the book, you talk about the most innovative forward-thinking companies have merged social content and public relations. Are, are you still seeing a lot of silos out there?
1: Uh, I think the bigger the companies, the bigger the silos, the bigger the the uh, the problem is, Right. Uh, th- this conversation came when I was chatting with uh, Brian Clark from Copyblogger one of the smartest content marketers on the planet one of the smartest marketers on the planet Yeah, agreed. And we were we were at Blue Glass in Tampa which is this conference that happened a few years ago and he was telling me how he just reorganized his team to sit together so he's got social content PR uh, and demand gen sitting together and I thought oh that's really interesting so I brought it back to Marketo and then we've followed that. You know, and, and again, these companies who were growing up, these startups who are growing up through this transition, they can easily do that. But the bigger the company, you have these huge silos. You know, PR is if, if PR is not talking to social and content, then you have these influencers who overlap. Like a Brian Solis, for example, who's an analyst, but he's also a social and content influencer. This guy doesn't have time for one conversation, let alone three conversations or three different messages. So you better have all of this aligned. And then the fact that demand gen is powered by by content and social you know, working together to figure out the messaging and, and what works. And then the SEO kind of optimizes all this process. So I think the closer these teams are, the more they communicate, uh, the more effective we're all going to get to this this marketing experience that we're supposed to be delivering now.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about content. And you say content underpins most, if not all, of your marketing efforts. And you go on to, to quote one of my favorite when I held the lighter up while I was reading the book. (laughs) The key to effective content marketing is to deeply understand and address your target audience's interests and concerns by publishing content in a variety of forms in the channels where your audience spends time. You mentioned that this year, 2015, has to be the year of relevant content that doesn't suck. Explain.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I think that uh, you know, content marketing is not hard. Uh, your job as a content marketer is to be the best answer, is to be the number one best answer uh, to the biggest pain point of your prospects, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, help your customers along, of course. But I think a lot of folks, you know, I call it, the, there's the George Costanza effect, right? Where George does the opposite, um, and he has success. And I think as brands, brands as journalists, brand journalism, I think we have the tendency to want to talk about ourselves. So I think if you take that George Costanza approach of every if every instinct you have is strong, then the opposite must be right.
0: I think so it's a talk, good, good not, advice for life.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> not talking about yourself, not being, not looking inside, uh, but, but actually looking outside and figuring out how you can help. But again, every time you create a piece of content, uh, ask yourself: Is there a need for this content? Is there a conversation happening around this content? Uh, can I make a dent in the conversation? How competitive is that um, that, that that content space right now? And all the data is out there. So the question of do I create this damn piece of content or not should be answered before you ever start down the road of 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 creating that piece of content. Then how you repurpose that content into different channels is even more important. And people ask all the time: They're like, "Well, if there's so many different social channels, where should I start?" Uh, start everywhere. You should be everywhere, right? And then chip away at what doesn't work. Uh, we we don't use Snapchat. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, we don't use. I don't really find a, a Pinterest that drives a lot of value for what we do. You know, but it does work for some other folks. But we 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 tried it out. And what doesn't work, we chip away. What does work, we scale.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think you'd refer to it as goal-oriented content at one point in the book. In other words, asking, <laughs> what's the why behind each piece of content we're creating? And it, it, it's really simple to explain, but it, it really is helpful if people can just say, okay, <laughs> why are we doing this again? And then it it, it, it seems like it would really help with uh, inform the, the process and the decision of creating the content. Let's talk about blogs, though, as a starting point. And you talk about how blogs aren't always thought of as part of social media strategy but you argue that they're actually the most important part can you explain that
1: yeah the the blog is certainly not the sexiest piece of social media but it's the most important this is this is where your your brand narrative lives right this is different than a resource section a resource section is important because it's where your content lives it's indexed it's it's searchable it's a library but the blog is so much cooler because it's a running narrative. It's it's uh, it's moving in one direction. It's got times. It's got dates and stamps. It's got comments, likes, shares. It's living. It's breathing. It's evolving. Um, and and you know this is the place where you tell your story, where you announce your projects. And when once your put once your company goes public, it turns into your <laughs> into your press release, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think the more Time you spend on just writing very good, helpful content and and launching it from the blog, which is the mothership, and then repurposing that content uh, as as you know, sort of a rolling thunder approach on the blog, is is really the way to do it. I, I don't think people pay enough attention to the blog. I don't think that uh, I think the folks who do are, are winning and get it. Um, you know, but again, I think people overcomplicate blogging. I think people, you know, writing's hard. We all know that. The writing, mm-hmm. the, the folks who are, the folks who are good at it are called authors, and they're making a living doing that. Many of them. <laughs> uh, so for the rest of us, I mean, me including, I got to try a little bit harder. I read Ann's book, Content Rules. I used to chase Ann Hanley around. I still have on my desk, sitting here at LinkedIn, I have the uh, autographed copy of Content Rules from 2011, uh, 2010, 2011, maybe. Mm-hmm. But you know, I have to read and, and try to become a better writer because it's not in it's not what I grew up doing, it's not what I studied in college. Um but again, you know, Anne breaks it down so beautifully and so elegantly. Like writing is, is one idea, it's one thought, what blog blogging is. So if you have something to say, uh, you know, get it out there. Three hundred words, five hundred words, fifteen hundred words. What it should be as long as it takes for you to get your point across. And I think uh, a lot of people dismiss that and, and and complicate, overcomplicate blogging, and therefore you know miss this opportunity.
0: Yeah, and in her book, everybody writes. Um, there's so many interesting things, but she is trying to demystify this process of writing, and every she sees uh, she talks about how so many people have a seventh grade English teacher who told them they 're a terrible writer or somebody along the way that kind of got into their subconscious and made them think they can 't write <laughs> and <laughs> I think she does a great job of of, of uh, you know uh, uh, disavowing people of that and encouraging them to write and taking so much of the the mystery out of it.
1: Uh, but- yeah, and you know, Doug, just to touch on that really quick, you know, when it comes to corporate blogging, I see this a lot too. Like, f- folks are almost almost afraid to contribute because they're they're afraid that if they get a typo on that, they're their you know their VPs of marketing or whoever sees this, their their C-suites see this and they come down very hard on them, right? right? It's like it's a blog is very forgiving. It's you can change it in an instant, right? It's a conversational piece. It doesn't have to be perfect. Social media doesn't have to be perfect. So the folks who who have to go through this review process over and over and over again, uh, it's going to frustrate them and you're not going to find success that way. So, you know, if it's a if it's a website page, that's a different story. But a blog It's very forgiving. Um, Just you got to get out there. You got to get out there daily, uh, and you got to be conversational, and you got to make it easy. Uh, If people have to jump through hoops to get their voice out there, uh, they're going to they're going to walk through, or they're they're not going to jump through them. They're just going to shy away from it altogether.
0: Yeah, there's probably an interesting study that somebody could do where you could uh, correlate the size of a company's legal department along with (laughs) some metrics on the blog. But you know, the other day I got a tweet message from somebody very nice. And they said, hey, I think there's a typo in this blog. And it was one I wrote three years ago. And you know what? I fixed it, and nothing happened.
1: <laughs> uh, but I made a friend. Yes, it happens. It happens, yeah. right? You know, I mean, it's like, get on a webinar. Like, the webinars never go right. <laughs> right <laughs> Something's right. always going to happen. Yeah. Uh, and social is very forgiving, you know?
0: Well, I think it even makes you more authentic. So there. <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more. So, Let's talk about something I found really helpful uh, in your book uh, that I've been using a lot. And as you know, um, I read the book, and I've been off giving talks, and I talk about your book. This is before we even connected on social media. One thing, I, I tell everyone the name of the book title, and I always get laughter <laughs> they just love it. I just evidently the uh, following of Guns and Roses is more pervasive than I realized. Um, but then uh, I, I'm referencing other things, and so I was in D.C. giving a little talk. I was on a panel, and I was talking about your book. And sure enough, somebody was in that panel, then that audience who had seen you speak a week before and gotten your book, and she tweeted to you. And next thing you know, I you know here we are. So <laughs> anyway, let's talk about food groups. And Thanksgiving Turkey, as it relates to blogging and content, because this is such a helpful concept. and in fact, this was the concept I was talking about on that panel where uh, I, I came into your sphere.
1: Sure. you know again, it's it's funny, but uh, it sounds a little silly to say blogging food groups and turkey slices, but I mean, this is how this is how you take a complex idea and make it memorable and fun, right and engaging. And at LinkedIn, uh, everyone in the organization knows turkey slices and blog the blogging food groups. And we we use that up to the highest levels of, of the company. <clears throat> but uh, the blogging food groups comes from uh, Rick Burns at HubSpot wrote this post back in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, and I came across this and I was I thought oh this is so brilliant why wasn't this like a, a much bigger topic so I brought it to Marketo, which at the time you know Marketo and HubSpot were not very friendly, <laughs> and uh, we kind of brought this into play and we adopted this and we started talking about it. And we give full credit to the to the source right. Rick Burns uh, wrote this brilliant post and but it didn't really take off so we kind of
0: more I people know it. you and Marketo for this than. Than HubSpot. So anyway, uh, you know, and, and we
1: did an infographic around it, and uh, you know, HubSpot was cool with it. And HubSpot, right. uh, those Joe Chernoff over there, good friends of mine. I just had Volpe on the podcast. But um, what the concept is is thinking much like your your own diet. If you eat the same lunch every day, you're going to get bored very quickly. So uh, Rick came up with this idea to 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 put your your blog kit, your different blog days into what they call food groups. So Monday is what you ha- is is called uh, Raisin brand content, which is something that's easy to dish out. Five tips for this, five tips for that. Tuesday is what they call spinach content, which is something a little bit more thought leadership, and it's called spinach because it's difficult to chew, even though it's good for you. And then Wednesday is what we call the roast post, which is something very substantial. A big, long post with lots of images and uh, uh, multimedia, great for link backs, Something you're going to save and something you're going to chew on a little bit longer. And then Thursday is set aside for Tabasco, which is where uh, you put a little fire on the tongue. So you call somebody out maybe a little
0: controversy um, take, maybe
1: yeah exactly take a very strong opinion on a on a controversial topic uh, take a stand right and then Friday is my favorite day is what we call chocolate cake content and that's where you just have a little bit of fun right it could be a fun infographic it could be a post I wrote uh, five you know marketing content marketing tips from Guns and Roses which Guns and Roses actually retweeted which is funny um, respect. But, <laughs> but the idea is, is to mix up your content, give, give your audience a variety, and then give them a laugh on a Friday so that you can send them into the weekend with a smile and they'll, they'll come back and, and go through that journey with you again on Monday.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and, and then, then Thanksgiving turkey and big rock. This is uh, so, another, con- another metaphor you <clears throat> use that just it works so well.
1: Thank you. Uh, the Big Rock concept is, uh, w- it comes from John Miller. I learned this from John Miller at Marketo.
0: I, I heard that for the first time, too, on your podcast. And, and that was from um, Stephen Covey, I think.
1: Yeah, and he was talking about how – it was really interesting because I, I, I guess I'd just forgotten that. But I always give credit where credit's due. And um, John w- we, you know, talked about these Big Rocks, and they were the definitive guides to Marketo, or definitive guide to whatever the hell conversation you wanted to own. That's pretty much what we did. One, definitely
0: one, definitive, too like 100 it's like, like 170 pages for your lead gen book I think.
1: Yeah, when when I when I wrote uh the when I was writing the um the definitive guide to social media marketing, I remember I came into John's office and delivered to him and he looked at me he says, "Is it definitive?" and I said, "Uh <laughs> not, not yet." <laughs> But it was, you know, in, in the in the world of we don't need more content, we need more relevant content. That's where the big rock comes into play. So the big rock is this substantial home run piece of content that you uh, that you put out once per quarter, right? While the blog is kind of underlining, keeping the keeping the content engine humming, if you will. Uh, the one the one home run piece comes from Doug Kessler, who's one of my favorite marketers from the Velocity Group in the mm-hmm. UK, who actually um, designed. Uh, and 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 actually produced the first couple of definitive guides for Marketo. So That's interesting. Small oh, world here, yeah. you know. Yeah.
0: Oh, they're great too.
1: They are fantastic. And then the turkey analogy came when I when I interviewed Rebecca Lieb from Altimeter Group uh, at Adweek. and uh, you know I was interviewing her because I really didn't. It was for the blog, but I was asking her questions because I didn't know the answers to these. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I asked her. I said, "What do you tell these companies who say they don't have enough content to supply to fuel their demand and their social channels?" And she told me, she goes, think about your content, look around the content you have and think about your content like leftover turkey. Uh, on Thanksgiving you get this big beautiful bird and you're slicing and dicing this thing into turkey sandwiches, turkey pot pies, etc. But you're getting the most out of this turkey. Well, the big rock can be sliced and diced into into different blog posts, into videos, webinars, infographics, slide share presentations, etc. How much value can you get out of one piece of content? And I tell you what, Doug, every day I see marketers put up a piece of content, a beautiful piece of content, and they move on to the next thing instead of actually getting as much value as they possibly can, repurposing the that thing in different channels. uh, It's a huge missed opportunity.
0: And pun intended, it is like seeing a lot of great food go to waste when they're not repurposing that uh, over and over again. Absolutely. So, uh, Jason, I like to ask authors what blogs they read to keep up with marketing, but I don't need to do that with you because at the end of your book, you include links to 16 uh, blue-chip, gold-plated blogs that marketers should be reading every day. And I'm going to uh, link those up in the show notes at uh, marketingbookpodcast.com. And I'm also going to link up the Guns N' Roses video of Welcome to the Funnel. <laughs> and just because we're having fun, have you ever heard of Richard Cheese?
1: Oh, yeah. He does uh, a Lounge Against the Machine, right? Yeah.
0: And he uh, <laughs> he does one. He does a version of Welcome to the Funnel, and for the listener who doesn't know, Richard Cheese is this guy who, if you're not really paying attention, you just think he's just a kind of a sleazy lounge singer in the, uh, in the, the vein of uh, like a Dean Martin kind of thing. But, but I don't think Dean Martin was that sleazy. And <laughs> what he does, though, is he's singing heavy metal and rap songs, but it sounds like a lounge singer. <laughs> And He does one of "Welcome to the Funnel," and it's it's really hilarious. And I gotta imagine that it's kind of like um, Weird Al Yankovic, where these these uh, musicians either love it or they really don't like it. And I often wondered if his version of "Welcome to the Funnel" uh, upsets uh, the guys from Guns and Roses. So,
1: oh, that's yeah, you know, and, and I don't know. I don't even think they have to get permission to do that. You know, who else did that? Was uh, Pat Boone did that in the '90s? He made a heavy metal record. And there's a picture of Pat Boone on the cover uh, in this, like, all decked out in leather. And he did a version of Crazy Train that was very (laughs) loungy.
0: (laughs) It's cool stuff. That's great. And I'm also going to make sure to link up the interview with you and John Miller because there were a couple parts where I went back and listened to it again, or parts, just because it was really, really interesting. Um, So if readers took only one thing away from your book, what would you hope it might be?
1: Uh, I would say, uh, don't overcomplicate this stuff, right? I, I think there are people who get paid a tremendous amount of money to sell you a big idea. Uh, when at the core of all this, it's it's very simple. Uh, you're a content marketer, you know. Answer the questions in a, in, a, in a in a you know in a unique way. Um, add a little bit of thought leadership to that um, to that strategy to differentiate yourself, and and try and just and just you know get to the core of, of, of pure relevancy when it comes to your content. Don't let your ego hijack your content strategy. Uh, write helpful, useful content uh, at the top of the funnel, and I, I think you're going to be okay.
0: And I think Guy Kawasaki would argue that those people you're talking about who make these things so difficult tend to have on their Twitter bios the words, guru or expert. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, it's interesting. And again, I, I mean, I'm I'm a practitioner, right? So Everything in the book – I found success at Marketo because I was that marketer who, who was learning. And every time I solved a problem and researched the hell out of it, I figured out a way to solve it in a, in a very uh, uncomplicated manner. And I would write about that on the Marketo blog. And I didn't do it to be a, a mar- marketing superstar. I did it because I wanted to help other marketers. And well, you were also I marketing to success. marketers. Exactly. Exactly people doug,' you know, it's funny you mentioned that because people will say that that I have it easier, but that's not the case because marketing to other marketers you know they're they're constantly judging you then they're, they're constantly <laughs> critiquing your work a little bit because you know there's a certain there's a certain level of of uh, uh there's a certain bar set to where other marketers kind of view and get their respect and and I'm always very respectful and and hopefully um delivering content that that matches uh yeah you know what what other marketers are are looking for,
0: yeah, I think you're like a stand-up comedian who performs for other comedians and <laughs> that can be a vicious, rough crowd, but what doesn't kill you makes you stronger so
1: yeah, and you certainly cannot please everyone that's the that's another thing I've learned and you you certainly shouldn't try shouldn't try to please everyone because you mm-hmm. you' just go crazy
0: right so what's a recent marketing book that uh, you've read and uh, you would recommend to the listeners
1: um the you know, I'm reading uh, a book right now called Adland because I'm getting ready to go over to Can Lions uh, for this advertising festival. And I wanted to understand this agency model. I'm really obsessed with, with the Mad Men era um, versus today, right? And so the, the, the guy who wrote this book, Adland, is, is brilliant. James, His name is James. Uh, I can't think of his last name. But, and he talks about uh, in the era of Mad Men, advertising was, was all about being persuasive. And now advertising is all about engagement. And, I, and he talks about these stories of of, uh, of the real, of being in the real Mad Men era uh, in the '80s and '90s, like these big agencies and, and the the great stories behind some of the biggest campaigns. So uh, I'm loving the book Adland. I bought it for my team. Uh, we're all reading it together as we go over to Cannes. And uh, I, that's that's the, my my favorite all time book though is uh, Hugh McLeod's Ignore Everybody, which uh, taught me how to think a little bit differently about everything I do creatively and in life and in marketing.
0: Hmm, we'll make sure to link those up. Um, and I worked on Madison Avenue in the 80s and 90s at some of the biggest agencies. So anything you might read about me in that book, uh, I'll deny it.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I, I love it. I even reached out to the author, and I said, I'm such a big fan. Uh, and I invited him on the podcast, and I think he's going to come on in a couple of weeks. But uh, yeah, it's, oh, it's yeah. really, really. I love those stories.
0: Yeah, yeah. And there's another book out by Josh Weltman, uh, who uh, was the advertising technical uh, advisor for um, the show Mad Men. He's in Los Angeles. Oh, interesting. And his book is called Seducing Strangers. And it's really interesting, um, but it's not an ad book written by an old ad guy like myself. It's actually what works now. So it's really very 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 fascinating. And cool, are there, I
1: would I would definitely check it out.
0: Yeah. Are there any books you're looking forward to marketing books you're looking forward to reading?
1: You know, um Doug, I I constantly read and I have an Audible account so I'm constantly listening to books and and I'm just I just want to get more ideas and and I get ideas uh for content here at LinkedIn based on You know, inspiration from uh, marketing books. But uh, the next book I have on my desk is actually called The Creative Process Illustrated. And it was these two authors who actually. I think it's an older book, um, but I just discovered this, and I recommend getting the hard copy because it doesn't translate well to to digital. But they basically interviewed about 30 or 40 different creative folks from agencies and then had them sketch out their exact creative process in a whiteboard, and they put it into this book. And so it was really interesting to see how different people uh, approach creativity and apply it to their marketing. uh, Yeah, that does sound good. It's 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 primed and ready after Adland so that's what's coming up next. <laughs>
0: okay. So Jason how can listeners find out more about you and your book?
1: Sure. So uh, I am at Jason Miller Ca on Twitter. Uh, my blog is uh, rockandrollcocktail.com, which is where I post a lot of my music uh, musings and and rock and roll photography. Uh, the book is available on Amazon. It's available on uh, Kindle. It's available at Barnes and Noble. Uh, we just did an audio version on Audible. So you know why, why read when you can have someone do it for you? I always say. Well, and I meant to and, ask: uh, the, uh,
0: <laughs> Are you for your audio version? Are you going to do another one that's like a boxed record set?
1: <laughs> um, you know what I, I I love that idea and I think I. you know what Doug you just gave me an idea I'm going to borrow that but I will give you full credit my friend <laughs>
0: okay great well I'll buy it so uh, excellent but I will have to get the turntable down uh, out of <laughs> out of the attic to, to play it so that's great we'll make sure to have links there the name of the book is Welcome to the Funnel Proven Tactics to Turn Your Social Media and Content Marketing Up to 11 the author is Jason Miller Jason, thank you very much for being on the Marketing Book Podcast.
1: Doug, thank you for having me and thanks for the support, man. I I very, very much appreciate it.
0: And that closes the book on another episode of the Marketing Book Podcast. Links to everything mentioned are in the show notes at marketingbookpodcast.com. And while you're there, you can subscribe to the podcast newsletter to get notified of every new episode, its show notes, links, and other useful things. Also, at marketingbookpodcast.com, there are about 20 free marketing ebooks on a wide variety of topics that lots of people have found helpful. If you're one of the people who have left an iTunes or Stitcher review, I really appreciate it, and it has more impact than you might realize. A one-sentence review shoots the podcast way up in the listings. Finally, I get such a kick out of hearing from my listeners, it really makes my day. To send a message, just go to marketingbookpodcast.com and click on the Contact Podcast button. Got an idea or suggestion? Maybe I'm doing something wrong? Let me know. Thanks again for listening to the Marketing Book Podcast. Till next time. Well, first, let me just ask you a question. Did you ever see Chris Farley when he interviewed uh, Paul McCartney on Saturday? Oh,
1: yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and he's like, you remember that? Yeah, of course.
0: (laughs) That's how I feel, Jason.
1: (laughs) Okay.